0: Old Testament reading.
1: The first reading is taken from Jeremiah 31 27 to 34. Individual retribution. The days are surely coming, says the Lord, when I will sow the house of Israel and the house of Judah with the seed of humans and the seed of animals. And just as I have watched over them to pluck up and break down, to overthrow, destroy, and bring evil, so I will watch over them to build and to plant, says the Lord. In those days, they shall no longer say, the parents have eaten sour grapes, and the children's teeth are set on edge, but all shall die for their own sins. The teeth of everyone who eats sour grapes shall be set on edge. 31. The days are surely coming, says the Lord, when I'll make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah. It will not be like the covenant that I made with their ancestors when I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt a covenant that they broke, though I was their husband, says the Lord. But this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, says the Lord, I will put my law within them, and I will write it on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. No longer shall they teach one another or say to each other, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me, from the least of them to the greatest, says the Lord. For I will forgive their iniquity, and the and remember their sin no more. This is the word of the Lord.
0: The The epistle uh, reading is taken from Two Timothy. Chapter 3, verse 14 to chapter 4, verse 5. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it, and how from childhood you have known sacred writings that are able to instruct you for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture is inspired by God and is useful for teaching, for reproof, for correction. And for training in righteousness, so that the person of God may be proficient, equipped for every good work. In the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and in view of his appearing and his kingdom, I solemnly urge you, proclaim the message, be persistent whether the time is favourable or unfavourable. Convince, rebuke, and encourage with utmost patience in teaching. For the time is coming when people will not put up with sound teaching, but having their ears tickled, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own desires, and will turn away from listening to the truth, and wander away to myths. As for you, be sober in everything, endure suffering, do the work of an evangelist, carry out your ministry fully. This is the word of the Lord.
2: Hear the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. Luke chapter 18, reading from the first verse. Then Jesus told them a parable about their need to pray always and not to lose heart. He said, in a certain city there was a judge who neither feared God nor had respectful people. In that city there was a widow who kept coming to him and saying, Grant me justice against my opponent. For a while he refused. But later he said to himself, Though I have no fear of God and no respect for anyone, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will grant her justice so that she may not wear me out by continually coming. And the Lord said, Listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God grant justice to his chosen ones who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long in helping them? I tell you, he will quickly grant justice to them. And yet, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. And before I start, with you pray with me as we say, Lord Jesus Christ, come, speak through the words prepared. Enable me to add, to take away from that which has been prepared so that your voice and your voice alone is heard. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you please be seated? And thanks to Funke and Chris for the earlier readings. Question for Sunday morning. Are you in love with God? Are you in love with God? Do you yearn to hear him? To see him? To feel him? Experience him in unmistakable ways each day? Do you yearn to live fully for him? Surrendered? to his will and that means do you want to live your life around what he calls you to do and to be rather than just expecting him to bless your plans and your aspirations you see one way of assessing whether your love for him is genuine is whether you read his word daily Many often tell me they want to hear from God, yet ignore the easiest way of hearing him, which is by reading scripture and allowing the Holy Spirit, as you read the words, to bring revelation and relevance and application to your own life. Time and time again, I'm struck by how awesomely God speaks into my circumstances into my situation, into my faith through the Bible passages I'm reading on a daily basis. Indeed, on those rare occasions I miss my Bible readings in the morning, I really feel the lack. The day does not go well. It's less than optimal because something quintessential, something essential for my mental equilibrium and peace feels missing and I usually have to make time in the afternoon or evening to catch up on the missing Bible readings. Why? Because it's one of the ways God speaks to me. I listen to his word through this first and then I sit and say, what more God, Holy Spirit, you want to say to me? Currently the plan i use is called the Murray McShane Bible reading plan and we should have copies in the porch. It's quite challenging. It might seem quite daunting because it makes you read 4 chapters a day from the Bible. And currently we're going through 1 Kings, Psalms, Ezekiel and 1 Thessalonians. But it's exciting. Some mornings I can't wait. I can't wait to get up there. When the Lord wakes me in the night, I get up there and open it. I mean, just, I think it was two days ago, Elijah and the prophets of Baal in the story from 1st King. And then, so he's on a mountaintop. The prophets of Baal are all killed after that awesome work of God's presence, God's act, with a fire coming down to the sacrifice when, when Elijah calls him to do so. He's on cloud nine. He's on the mountaintop. But then, yesterday, he's fleeing from Jezebel. He's forgotten all the awesome acts of God that he's just done, seen, and he's fleeing from the threats of a mere human being. It builds one's faith because you realise this is a pattern for us. Because sometimes we're on that mountaintop and then the next moment we're in a deep valley. And it makes us realise that it's his grace and his grace alone that counts. I love the Morrie McShane um, plan because it gives you a tour of God's grace, God's awesome works. God's love, but also the frailty and sinfulness of humankind. Inevitably, it touches you and informs your outlook for the day. You weep over the kings after Solomon, who kept getting it wrong and wrong and wrong. And it reminds you that we are but dust. We are frail and we only stand by the grace of God. Yet many Christians deny themselves of hearing from God in this way. I went on to the internet to to see whether there were statistics on, on Bible reading. But if I were to ask you when you last read the Bible on your own, not in church, not reading it in church, what would your answer be? Are you one? of the 55% of Christians who admitted in a survey in 2017 that they never read the Bible. They may come to church. They hear the Bible on a Sunday. But between Sundays, it's never opened. If you really read the word of God, then remember what Paul says to Timothy in our epistle, which Chris read. As for you, Continue in what you have learned and firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it. And how from childhood you have known the sacred writings that are able to instruct you for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture is inspired by God and is useful for teaching, for reproof, for correction and for training in righteousness. So that everyone who belongs to God. May be proficient. Equipped. For every good work. That's what reading this does. It's useful for teaching. Knowing who God is. What he does. What he's calling you to be. It's useful for reproof. For correction. As we read the stories of the people of God. Falling into error. Even. Even. Peter, even Paul, David, Solomon, as we read about them, the word shapes us, builds our faith, so that we are encouraged and inspired to turn and follow Jesus, to turn to God ever more closely. As St. Paul, our patron saint, says, Scripture is useful so that everyone who belongs to God may be proficient Equipped for every good work. And part of your good work is withstanding evil. But how can you do it if you don't know what evil is? Take Jesus as an example. It was because he knew the scriptures of his time, the Torah, that he could refute the temptations and seductions of Satan. When Satan leads him up and shows him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. Then the devil says to him, to you I will give their glory and all this authority. For it has been given over to me and I give it to anyone I please. If you then will worship me, it will all be yours. Jesus answered him, it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve only him worship the lord your god and serve only him that's if you if you know that that's good guidance for those moments when the things of the world seek to distract you power over people wealth because you know ultimately you must worship only god And it's vital in the times that we're living in to understand that Paul's exhortation to Timothy is equally applicable to us. For the time is coming when people will not put up with sound doctrine but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own desires and will turn away from listening to the truth And wander away to myths. And those myths are all around us. Oh, you don't need to turn to Jesus. We're all saved. Now, it's true, He created the world. But He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. You have to come to God through Jesus. And through Him lies the road of salvation. It's vital. To know what the inspired word of God says. Because when truth in our society is becoming subjective. Manipulative. Or even a matter of what is acceptable to those who would dictate what we all think. Then you need to test everything. Including what I say or teach by reference to this book itself. It's why you need to feed On the Word of God, to let it feed your soul. But some have said to me in the past, I find it difficult to find the time to read the Bible regularly. Or, truth be told, when I do read it, it does nothing for me. I don't really get to grips with it. It doesn't really inspire me, it doesn't open up my eyes in any way. If that's you, don't despair. Most of us have been there at some time or the other. But what's to be done? You say, how can I get this love for God and love for his word? How can I get what you imply every follower of Jesus Christ should have in terms of a genuine connection with the Bible and wanting to read it daily? Well, you may, many years ago, have invited Jesus into your life with words like these. Lord Jesus Christ, come into my life. Come and be my Lord and personal Savior. Forgive me my sins. Cleanse me. Sanctify me. Make me pure and whole again. Well, if you said those words of invitation to Jesus at any stage in the past, Jesus took you at your word, if you were serious, and sent the Holy Spirit to live within you. And that fulfilled the promise from our first reading that Funke read from Jeremiah. But this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my law within them and I will write it on their hearts and I will be their God and they shall be my people. No longer shall they teach one another or say to each other, know the Lord, for they shall all know me. From the least of them to the greatest, says the Lord. For I will forgive their iniquity and remember their sin no more. That's you. If you've asked Jesus into your life. So you've already had the indwelling Holy Spirit. And that Spirit is calling you to grow in every aspect of the spiritual gifts. And of knowledge of God himself when we receive the Holy Spirit we begin the journey of knowing God and knowing him trusting him loving him involves a pursuit of him. I say pursuit but actually it's a growing realization that as you encounter him encounter his goodness we've been singing about you realize that nothing compares to him ultimately. None of the aspirations of life, fame, power, celebrity status, wealth. Nothing compares with him. And indeed, he is ultimately the source of the life which enables you to enjoy those things. And as you get to know him, experience him, you want more and more and more of him. Yes, he can and will speak directly to you through the Holy Spirit. But he's also given us his written word as a guide and template by which we should also assess and ensure that what we're hearing is in accordance with the truths laid out in this book. Indeed, how can we obey the commands of God if we don't know about them from reading his word? So in love for his word grows with a love for God because scripture has been inspired by him for our benefit. Most of the songs we were singing are based on actual verses from the Bible, readings, which you could go back and look up. And they encourage us and they edify us, they build us up because they are the word of God, the promises of God. And if you find a Bible-reading plan like Maureen McShane too daunting to start with, then use Bible-reading diaries like those used by, um, I think, Our Lady's Prayer Fellowship in the past, Day by Day with Jesus. I think, Brian, can still get that for you, I understand. Or Premier Radio's uh, Daily Reading Guides. Or uh, Selwyn Hughes' Every Day with Jesus. Bible reading fellowship. There are a whole host of Bible reading notes which usually focus on a few verses each day and have a commentary explaining them or relating them or applying them to your situation. And so you begin an exploration of the word of God which hopefully sparks a growing interest to read the word directly yourself too. You see, it's knowing God through his, through his word And through his spirit, which also informs our gospel reading, how much we are prepared to pray. The parable of the widow and the unjust God is instructive in this respect. And two words hit me when I was reading it. The words kept coming, kept coming, kept coming. And in fact, the judge himself also alludes to that when he says continually coming, continually coming, continually coming. The widow kept coming to the judge and making her request. What does that conjure up for you? It must mean that she knows he had the power, the authority to make things happen, to rectify the situation. We need to keep coming to God and his promises, believing him to have the authority that he's the awesome God that we've been singing of. As we read about his acts and his promises, so our faith builds to expect him to do the same again or fulfill those promises. You can move the mountains, we sing, as he can. Do it again. Do it again. Another song. Because we've heard him do it before. We've seen it even in this place with healings, with transformations. As we come again and again and again to scripture and read about God's saving works, God's mercy, God's grace, God's forgiveness, so our own faith to believe and trust in Him is rekindled, is set ablaze again, is increased, so that we can pray again and again and again and not lose heart. And some of you have shared with me over the time how a timely verse, a text of a biblical verse, has been an encouragement. Maybe you didn't realize somebody was thinking of you suddenly, an email or a text with some Bible verses. The word brings life and hope. And we mustn't forget that we're also engaged in a spiritual battle. The devil doesn't want you to know, to own, or to stand on the word of God. Why? Because it protects you from him and his lies. If you're finding it hard to read the word of God regularly, and I hope as you progress on your Christian journey, it becomes a pleasure rather than a burden, then we're going to pray now for God to strengthen all of us to read it more regularly, that God would pour out fresh revelation as we read it. Maybe before you read it, you could say, Lord, open my eyes to see wondrous things out of your works, out of your word. Lord, help me as I read your word to know your heart, your love, your guidance through it. Those are all ways we can ask our Lord and Savior to guide us. Pray always that you might read the word and don't lose heart. In reading it. Or in praying. Let's pray. Abba Father. Your word. Gives life. Jesus knew it. He knew his scriptures. Through and through. And we are no different. We need to know your scriptures. So that we know. How you are calling us to live. And to be so that we can also assess what we hear, because the devil will try to speak to us as well as the spirit. But when we are anchored in the word, Lord, then we are anchored in knowing who you are when you speak to us. So spirit of the living God, fall afresh on your people. Rekindle the desire for more of your word, to read your word, that your word might bring life and hope, and faith, and light. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.